Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Undiscovered Worlds. I am Ryan. Over there is Maria. And uh, guys, today's topic is going to be all about the Aztecs. So basically, uh, I've been watching some of the uh, the previews lately about uh, Black Panther 2, and it looks like they're going to give Namor a uh, Aztec background. So I thought this would be fun to do. I didn't know that much about him. So as you guys know, we, uh, we kind of pick a topic based on whatever our whims are that day, and then we uh, scour the internet and find all the stuff that we find interesting, put it on a, a Word document, and bring it over here. Uh, so it's a good opportunity for us to learn stuff too. So we're a little selfish. We let you guys pick some topics on occasion, but we pick <laughs> our stuff. Mar, how you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you for asking. <laughs> um, do you want to start us off? I will. I actually, there, there is so much to know about the Aztecs and there are also so many movies that you wonder how many of those movies are also true. So one of the things that I found interesting just to begin from the beginning is that the word Aztec was not their name. Like that's, we identified that empire as the Aztec, the Toltec, the Olmec. There are actually many, many cultures around that had different uh, names, but uh, the name actually was given to them by, by the Westerns. Like when people arrived, the Westerners who came up with the name Aztecs and they took it from the original place they lived in the 12th century, which was called Aslan. So that's where the name came from, the Aslan, okay. the area where they live. But they actually referred to themselves as Mexica. And that's where the name of the country came from. Yeah, Mexica. Okay. I have heard that before. Um, most of the facts that I looked up was still using Aztec, guys. So I'm going to keep saying Aztec throughout the No, country. it just, it also helps us define yeah, because there sure. were many different groups. So it will just help us define them. Yes. Mm -hmm. No, no, no. I, I, 1000ers, I just, but now that we've established that, I'm like, oh, now, now I'm going to seem uneducated. I'm going to keep calling them Aztecs this whole time, but I'm just doing it. Um, <laughs> So Maria and I have talked about how we like uh, facts where we kind of didn't realize two things were happening at the same time. Um, it's kind of fun. We talked about this before in a video where the uh, the Egyptian pyramids were being built at the same time that mammoths were still roaming the earth because we learned things independently. We're like, oh, okay. Well, I found it interesting with this one that Oxford University was actually founded like hundreds of years before the Aztec Empire even began. So basically, they started teaching classes in 1096, became a full-fledged university in 1249, and the marking of like the beginning of the Aztec Empire is basically the founding of their main city, uh, Tenochtitlan, which was in 1325. So like, if you take that 1096 to the 1325, there was several hundred years in between Oxford being established. Uh, I never realized they were that recent. So that's once I found that, I was like, this is going to be really interesting because there's a lot I don't know about this subject. Yeah, it is very peculiar once you start comparing. And also because different cultures, different countries evolved differently. So in Europe, the arts and sciences were viewed one way with more structures, while the Aztecs and others had uh, more also very incredible structures, incredible worships and incredible societal um, structures but they were not as, as, as you imagine when you think of Europe. You think of Europe, you, the first thing you think is the Coliseum and theaters and just very, you know, um, yeah, very not, elaborate uh, structures. Yeah. Mm -hmm. but These not were that. also some, 
Exactly. And some of them were very elaborate too in the Aztec world. It's just because of the jungle and being abandoned, many of them got destroyed. So we actually don't get to see all the beauty that Chichen Itza had to offer. Yeah, but I also think too that there was that was the interesting part of the research is they almost developed first because Europe had this weird lull and the dark ages and all the stuff that surrounded it. So actually architecturally and developmental wise, um, like Aztecs, one of my facts is basically the Aztecs were one of the first ones for uh, to mandate school for everybody. So Mm -hmm. it was actually a pretty equal society and education was important and worship and and obviously their form of worship. A lot of those facts I skipped because. Well, I didn't skip them. They're going to be in our, our backstage show just because they're they're pretty adult facts for uh, a lot of their, their worship stuff. So I tried to skip over some of that. But it was amazing to me how more established they are. I have a favorite fact that's coming up that'll kind of hammer home that point. But I will let you run with your next fact. So it's interesting because they have, they're a polytheistic, uh, um, a polytheistic society. And which means they had a lot of different gods and they actually had three main gods, main gods. There were others that kind of spread around and uh, Huitzilopochtli, Quetzalcoatl, which is one of the ones that you think uh, or hear the most. And Tezcapli, I am so sorry, guys, I'm butchering this. I'm trying to do my best. But Tezcaplioca, Tezcaplioca, uh, and they believe, the reason why I'm bringing this up is that they believe the Aztecs believe that they sacrifice themselves and offer their hearts to the sun. Like they this um, in order to provide society with what they have. And that's why the Aztecs believed that they had to do those sacrifices. So the sun will come up next day. So many of the sacrifices were done because they believed they had to keep these rituals going. Yeah. So that kind of gives the foundation of why all those sacrifices were happening. Okay, well, since we're on the gods and we're talking foundations then, um, basically one of the gods had said that their their place, like one of their symbols would be if they, they saw an eagle perched on a cactus eating a snake, which if you've ever been to Mexico in the deserts and stuff, I mean, it's yes, you have all those elements, but that specific scene is, is a pretty specific scene, even no matter where you're at. Um, but basically as um, the warriors were, because they were kind of nomads for a period of time before they established their well-known cities. Um, But they actually saw that exact scene um, in Lake Texacoco, which is actually current-day Mexico City. If you guys don't realize, Mexico City was built on top of that city, but that was, it was an island, and it's all water around there. So, like, that, they've changed that environment so, so much. But that's why they built... Tenochtitlan where they did because they saw that symbolism. If you guys look at the Mexican flag today, that's the exact image in the center of their flag is that exact eagle perched on a cactus eating uh, the snake. But that's why they established their cities because their gods basically set up that scene and that's where they found it. It's just so amazing how tradition, religion, and education was actually all very important to them as well. And they had a very, very, very extensive bookkeeping system so when you think of of the new world empires these are these are truly well organized societies very large big big cities and they had really good record keeping and the written language of the aztec was very hieroglyphic based very hieroglyphic in nature many hieroglyphic is what i meant to say it didn't sound as good when i said it and they learned early on that knowledge 
came from being able to write things down so that they could learn from that information. So mm -hmm. from the beginning, they already started developing their records. And because they didn't have paper, as we see right now, or the papyrus, like uh, the uh, ancient Egyptians used, they actually will use, a, which is actually skin of a tree, they use something similar like that to keep tax records. So they had a, a different form of wood, uh, the skin of the wood, like a papyrus, mm -hmm. uh, to keep uh, the tax records, religious sacrifices, even poetry. So they have found very extensive knowledge of them. Yeah, once a group gets so big, you can't really rely on oral tradition anymore because when there's 50 people in the group and everybody sits around the same fire sharing the same stories, you can pass on traditions and stuff via stories or other entertainment mediums. But once the, I mean, and their city got really, really big. I didn't, I didn't really look up the number of people that were in the city, but I think it was one of the largest uh, civilizations in the world at that time, almost. Um, you need writing at that point because you're, you're not going to gather, you know, hundreds of thousands of people together to sit around a fire and listen to a story. You, you don't have microphones and stuff back then. So uh, yeah, writing becomes amazingly important. And the uh, picture, and they use actually their language was the Nahuatl, and Nahuatl was, again, a form of picture, and they will use deer skin, they will use charcoal, they will use herbs, anything that was available for them because of the large cities or, you know, yeah. society they had. Okay. Um, let's see. Animals or smelly Spaniards? I'm going to go smelly Spaniards. <laughs> I had a feeling you would go with smelly Spaniards. It just sounds a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah I get to pick which ones I want to do first. So basically, the Aztecs used to follow the Spaniards around with incense burners uh, when they came to the Americas. And the Spaniards actually thought it was like an honor because they're following them around with incensing candles and stuff. But in actuality, it was probably one of the biggest possible insults that they, they could do, which is ironic. When you come to a culture and you don't know the culture, you perceive it a certain way. They were totally wrong. Basically, there was a major gap in hygiene between the Spaniards and the Aztecs. Um, so basically the, uh, because of that, the Aztecs found their stench unbearable because the Aztecs would actually shower like every day and they used flowers to clean their mouths and their bodies. And the Spaniards basically avoided water because they thought the water on your skin would make you more susceptible to plague. Cause you have to remember they came over at a time where, uh, the black death was a big deal and they had all these misnomers about what was causing it. So everybody was just taking guesses. Um, so water was bad, hence stench, hence following people around with incense things, not as a, uh, a sign of respect, but as a, you smell too badly for us to want to be around. <laughs> that, yeah, and that happens even nowadays. Different cultures view the, the use of water differently and also how available it is. So mm -hmm. each country like if you travel somewhere else they will say oh you have a, a unique scent and it's not necessarily that it's bad it's just very unique to what they're used to so like if you go to a country where it's very curry based or you go to another country that is very uh uh flower based or you, you can smell those differences yeah not necessarily as a bad thing it's just the acknowledgement of of the different scents still well, nowadays everybody uses deodorant. There's like Gillette's popular in the United States. So you get more of those scents, you know, and then when you go to another part of the world, maybe that's, it's a whole different brand of deodorant that's popular. And then, I mean, yeah, there's mm -hmm. a lot of variations within mm -hmm. even people that are clean, what they choose to, to scent themselves with, but 
not scenting was definitely a, a, a not a good thing when it came to the Aztecs. <laughs> yeah. So what I found interesting is we always have this misperception, misconception that the Aztecs, the Olmecs and all of them, all of them were defeated by the Spaniards. Like they have, some of our myths have been that they were defeated by the Spaniards in war, but that is actually not, not necessarily true. The Aztecs were very brilliant people at war. They knew exactly their environment. They knew how to hunt really well. And they had a very strong military strategy. Their problem was they were not vaccinated in the sense of they were not exposed to certain diseases. So -hmm. therefore, the body couldn't take it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Smallpox literally took half of the population, if not more, because of smallpox. Uh, so when the Spaniards began to attack, it wasn't the wounds that, that destroyed them. It was the smallpox. And so, yeah, that's actually the biggest problem that happened to them, which is very sad because it still happens when you travel somewhere around the world. It's like your body is not ready. Your body is not ready for that stuff. That's Mm -hmm. why when you travel, they said only filter water or only this and that. Mm -hmm. They also had a lot of help too, because the Aztecs were such a dominant force in their region of the world. And we always forget about all the other cultures that were around them. There was a lot of other cultures in in that area of present day Mexico. Mm -hmm. And so when the Spaniards decided to attack, they basically rounded up the other tribes that were essentially jealous of what the Aztecs had and they'd been under their thumb for so long so they were able to just take to take their military, which obviously is limited that you can bring over on a boat. Um, you can only bring so many people, but then combine that with all the other uh, tribes and stuff around there. And that was the fighting force that they were able to use. So it was kind of a misnomer also that it was just the Spaniards. It was the Spaniards and, and other large uh, groups that were around them that were jealous of the Aztecs and saw that as their opportunity to take them down. Yes. Very good point. Mm-hmm. You're that t- was my fact. Oh, that was your fact. That was my fact. Yeah, I just I had memorized it. So, I, you know, some I memorized, some I have to look, you know. Love much it. Much smoother this way, but I really don't have to memorize all my facts every episode. So, um, yeah, yeah. What I found interesting, I went to Chichen Itza and I was a child. And I was, it was such a beautiful place to go. Uh, the, the designs, the perfection on the angles and how... Twice a year, in a particular time of the year, the snake god will form and it will create a shadow. So snakes were really powerful to them and one of their gods, basically. And the snake, um, it will form the shadows of the snakes. And if you go to um, Tulum, and that will be in Central America, if you go to Tulum, um, they actually had different lights will appear during the solstice, the equinox. And it was just like, they actually had these structures so well designed with the movement of the earth around the sun that they could predict when the equinox, the solstice and everything will, will happen and it will light different areas. It was, it's so beautiful. If you ever have a chance to go, I will super recommend it. If you go to the Riviera Maya and you go to Chichen Itza or Tulum, it's just so beautiful. Okay. All right. All right. Let's see. Let, let's get into some food. I like food. 
So we're, <laughs> we're going to delve into to food. So as, as some of the other great inventions of our time, popcorn was actually invented by accident because corn was a big staple of their diet. So obviously they had corn and corn kernels and I didn't, couldn't find the story as far as exactly how it happened, but it, you know, you cook things, you have corn as your main base. I'm sure a corn popped into a hot plate or some semblance of oil and maybe boom, a kid was playing and boom popcorn. Exactly. I mean, it's, you don't, you could probably think of 80 scenarios of how it happened, but basically popcorn was discovered by accident. And then once it was discovered, they really embraced it because they actually would use it for like ceremonies. They would make necklaces out of it. They actually had young women had something called a popcorn dance where they would like, they would use it, uh, garlands on their heads and stuff like that as decoration for ceremonial purposes. Uh, they would put it on the statues of their gods. Like it actually became not quite chocolate level, but popcorn was pretty dang popular. And tasty. <laughs> It's, popcorn's really tasty depending on what you put on it. Like, just plain popcorn is like no butter, no oil, no, like, white cheddar or something. No, like, M&Ms inside. Oh, man. I probably have five less years of my life from when I was a child. I'd go to the movie theaters and, like, do the pump butter with the M&Ms or the Reese's Pieces inside the buckets while you're... And I just would do that repeatedly. I had friends that I've never done that. Oh, never even occurred to me. Probably too old now. I might kill you instantly. But, you know, had you been... <laughs> <laughs> like, movie popcorn drenched in, in M&M's or Reese's in the bucket. Yes. That sounds glorious. Oh, it, it, it's pretty glorious. <laughs> well, not only did they use uh, um, popcorn for rituals, but they actually used the chocolate. Yes. Chocolatel. Uh, and you you can go to the Riviera Maya and actually buy um, like really high grade chocolate, and it's just such a so good. And they use it not only for drinking, but only the higher ups will drink it. Mm -hmm. And uh, but they also use it for medicine. It was a good medicine for the not just for the Aztecs, but also the Mayans and the Olmecs. I found it interesting because that when I was reading, I came across that also, and it said that they use chocolate as medicine, but then also as a medium for other medicines. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I kind of get the medium for other medicines because that's like wrapping your dog's pill in its food so it'll actually take it. You know, we all have that spoonful of sugar makes the medicine go down kind of thing. I was just about to start singing it. <laughs> but the chocolate itself was apparently a medicine. And then... If you guys have been to Mexico and moved and like traveled around a bit, they like everything spicy. There's like chili pepper that goes on ice cream that like there's just like chili pepper and lime for like everything that exists. It's like ice cream or hot foods or like and they did the same thing with the chocolate. They actually had uh chili pepper, hot chilies. Uh yeah, I so apparently that's been around for a long time, but like even if you had like Doritos in Mexico, it's it's always spicy. Like, everything's spicy to a certain level. Not like Indian spicy. It's obviously a chili spice, not like a curry spice. But there are certain cultures that like the heat, and I would say... Or Mexico. Thai. Thai spice. Yeah. Well, it's good stuff. It depends which it's one. What color it is. Those, those are nice. But what's beautiful is how um, the process of getting the cacao ready. I mean, there is a process. It's not like you just grab the cacao... Some, because you can actually use the fruit and use it for many things. You can literally eat the meat of the cacao 
uh, plant, like the, the, the fruit, mm-hmm. and then grab the seeds and you have to dry them out. Some people like to ferment them. There is like a, a huge process to do mm-hmm. with them. Um, but speaking of things that are really sacred, they also believe that the turquoise, I don't have a turquoise with me, but it looks like kind of this color. In case you have never seen a turquoise, sometimes a little bit more green, depending on where it comes from. But they believe that turquoise will actually protect them from physical harm, which meant that they will decorate, the warriors will decorate their their, uh, battle shields Mm -hmm. with turquoise. And you also see a lot of in the the northern, now more like United States, turquoise is still a very beautiful stone used by the natives. Mm-hmm. On their jewelries and traditions and, and and all kinds of of kinds of rituals as well. All right. So th- this next fact has me a little conflicted because because I love dogs, but those hairless dogs—they're like the hairless cats. They're just—they're not the best looking of, of animals, and I've never been around one to really. Appreciate. I think they're adorable. Okay. Well, they, they've got they've got an ugly cuteness to them. Then we'll go with that. Um, <laughs> But basically, the Mexican hairless dogs, uh, the breed was used by the all the way back to the Aztecs uh, as companions. But they would also use them for body heat, which is why the hairless version, it was the same thing with hairless cats, I believe. That was a big draw to why that breed kept perpetuating is they're great for body heat and warming purposes without the coat. And then you don't have the fur everywhere, which I'm sure the Aztecs were as bothered by that as, as we are. And we love our animals. But man, when that fur gets everywhere. I call them st- fibers of love, love fibers that spread never, all over the place. I've never heard you use that phrase. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call BS on that one. I've never heard you use the phrase fibers of love. <laughs> I call it like love. Yes, I've said it. She's spreading okay. her love all over the place. Okay. Okay. Oh, well, I thought you just meant that as her, her lovely personality. We're talking about Pepita, by the way, if you guys don't oh, know. Oh, yeah. She's, she's, she's the dog sleeping. hiding in all the videos before we switched over to this podcast format. That's that's who we're referring to right now. She's hiding throughout the video. Yes, <laughs> yes. But actually, uh, yeah, they were used like warm warm waters. And if you ever wonder what one looks like, if you watch the movie Coco, you will see you will see one of them. You'll see them. Okay. The hairless dogs. Uh, solo it's quittle. Solo it's a quittle. Yeah, I wasn't going to try to pronounce that one. I just left it alone. I didn't feel like it was important enough. It was like, well, does this fact work without the... Yeah, it works without the name. <laughs> so, Well, that's also what they call children sometimes, but I can't think of... There's a different version. That hairless, a child, so... Okay, yes. okay. Baldy. Mm-hmm. Baldy. <laughs> oh, that's the eagle. Sorry, Baldy. Um, <laughs> you up yeah. or my... Uh, you just talked about the dog, so I guess I am. All right. So you said something about education, and what they did is one of they were one of the first North American cultures to mandate schooling for children. It wasn't just like okay, yeah, no, no, this was like mandated. Mm-hmm. And although the different the different classes in their culture had different schools, uh, every child always had the chance to go and learn and change their stars, basically change their future to improve and maybe even climb up a little bit. Uh, They had to do writing and and reading, of course, and it will help them actually decide what kind of vocational skills they will do. So it was almost like a 
like when you do technical schooling, like you learn the basics, but then you go to technical school, they actually did that for them as well. Nice. Yeah, I think it was a very kind of more equal society than than we might imagine. Um, and one of the other last facts I'll share that I came across that I thought was interesting was that they regarded childbirth actually as a form of battle. So when women would pass away during childbirth, they were actually thought to rise to the highest heaven with the male warriors and stuff. So they actually really, it was an interesting society as far as equality and perception of men, women, children, education, and all that. You have any more fun ones you want to share before we move on to... Uh, Question time? Uh, question time. Um, they actually thrive 400 years even before the Spaniards spread their germs and their smell. <laughs> and uh, they actually had a wealth and bloodlust still holds our fascination forever and ever. So I wanted to kind of close it up with Okay. No matter how much we learn, they, they're still going to remain a mystery to us. Yes. And I'm going to give you guys a, a half teaser fact that will lead us into the after show. Because I can only share half this fact. And then it gets a little too too adult. Then it has to go over to the after show for the uh, uh, over on Patreon. But Montezuma was actually a real person. I did not know that. So mm -hmm. uh, And he was emperor of the Aztecs from 1502 to 1520. And I'm going to save the rest of the Montezuma fact. You guys probably already know where this is going. Uh, for the I actually was going to have that as a question for you oh. with regards to Montezuma. And after, yep. after, well, yep. but I want to. So how do they call it when you travel somewhere and you get nope. sick? We're saving it for the after show. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody else already knows where we're going with this one. But I, I don't like to get into uh, the, those topics or other more violent topics. <laughs> and the Aztecs were fun because I think I've got like seven or eight facts for the after show and that's after leaving a bunch out because a lot of the Aztec facts, unfortunately, I think are probably a little little more graphic than some of the other topics we've- They are a little graphic. I actually only have one quiz, Maria. Do, do, you, have okay. any, do you have any- I'm gonna start calling it question time or like trivia, trivia time. It's gonna be called trivia time from now on. That just sounds cool, so much cooler. Quizzes always made me feel like I was about to like take a test or something. Trivia time is now the trivia new time. Okay. okay. Do you have because we have my trivia time already. I stole your trivia time. Okay, I have one trivia time for everybody out there, and for Maria. Sometimes, guys, this stuff is based like Jeopardy style, where you could actually guess what it's going to be. Sometimes it's a little abstract, and it's just fun to kind of take a guess in the dark. I wouldn't expect anybody to know it, but the Aztecs and the Mayans we talked about. They actually use coca beans. Not only for chocolate and medicine and everything else, but it was actually used as a form of currency, like actual currency. So with every currency, there's kind of an exchange rate or how much you can buy with this thing. So Maria, how many cocoa beans do you think it would have cost in Aztec times to buy a turkey egg from somebody? Four. Sorry, I didn't give time. Four. You got to give everybody else a little time to come up with their guesses. Maybe have a start, have a rule, at least count to five before you answer. It's because uh, I'm making it up. So usually if I spew it really fast, it's because I have it. no clue. I always choose that. 1986 for everything. If I don't know, by the way, that's my... my I respect <laughs> that. Okay, so the answer would be three. Three coca beans for one turkey egg. Now knowing a slight conversion rate... 
you have a general idea of now what a turkey egg would be three coca beans. What do you think a rabbit would cost in the cocoa bean exchange currency? We're doing we're doing four X of the Aztecs now. It's, uh... <laughs> so if a egg is three, a turkey egg is three, a rabbit should be. I'm gonna say nine. Nine? Maria is going with nine. Now the thing is rabbits can actually reproduce or give you other commodities. Um, so I think probably for that reason the rabbit would be thirty. Thirty coca beans. So or ten turkey eggs, I guess, if you wanted to make everything an exchange rate. And to me, that sounds fair, because three turkey eggs for a rabbit seems a little like you're lowballing somebody there. You're right. You're but, right. But yeah. So that's kind of where we ended up. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope you guys enjoyed the uh, the episode on the Aztecs. Uh, as always, guys, go to uh, the YouTube uh, community tab. We're going to post a thing for if you guys have any more fun uh, facts about the Aztecs, you can share them there. Or over on Patreon, there is a free section with all of our conversations from every episode over there. That way, if you guys are catching us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, any of that, you can go over to the free Patreon section. Guys, do us a favor. Please uh, subscribe, follow, like wherever you're catching this material. Uh, it helps us get the content out to more people. Uh, we're going to be moving on over to the after show for all the Patreon subscribers. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Hope you guys enjoyed the episode. and We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs>